0: Ask you a hard question, and I hope it challenges you, and I hope what I download out of my heart to you blesses you. Here's the question I want to ask you. The guy's holding up a sign, and he says, Don't wait for leaders, become them. And so many times we come to the house of God and we expect other people to do the work. We expect somebody else to go over and help Jennifer, somebody else to open the door, somebody else to fill in for my spot. It's amazing how, if we're, if we're not careful, we expect things out of other people that we don't even inspect of ourselves. I say this not tritely, but rather comically. How would you feel on any given Sunday if you got out of bed, you got dressed, you got your kids dressed? You showed up and I just decided I'm staying home today. But I didn't have anybody filling in. I just decided at the last minute I'm not going to come. I'm tired. I've had a long Saturday. My back hurts. I painted my child's room 42 coats later. (laughs) It's not that I'm I'm special. It's that oftentimes in leadership we hold expectations over other people that we don't hold over ourselves. If you have a job and you get paid every two weeks, you expect on that Monday morning of payday that your money hits your account. And if it doesn't hit your account, I could almost say most of us would be ticked. What's wrong? Where did it go? Did they short me? Did they cheat me? But when it comes to God's kingdom we devalue it so much that we don't place high expectations on His kingdom like we do our own selves. We expect our children to do our homework, but God's not expecting me to do that, is He? We expect that the, the business is going to pay me. We expect, you know, and then you come here and you start talking about leadership and it's like, well, I don't know if I want to go all out. I mean, I've been burned by church before. I've been hurt before. I, I just think I want to give God... Kind of a little nudge here and there. Well, I guess if you need me, I'll help. But there's no passion in it. It's just, I guess I'm needed, so I'll just show up. And, and then before long, you end up with some problems. So here's my hard question to you. Do you see yourself as a leader? It's a yes or a no. Do you see yourself as a leader? And you may think, well, I don't lead. I don't have a title of a leader. I... I mean, I'm just a volunteer. Nobody's paying me. I just volunteer. And I I do my best to sign up on Planning Center. Can't figure that out. But they always tell me to hit accept, and I always forget. But I'm just, I mean, they probably don't need me. I mean, I could probably not show up, and they're going to be okay with that because I've done that before. I've told them I've declined ten times. I can't do it. But the issue with that becomes every time we hit decline that I can't serve, Do you believe that the moment you hit decline, that there's a missing element now? And it's you. And then if you give yourself the ability to miss, for whatever reason, sometimes we don't have a choice, right? Sometimes you have to to hit decline when you're serving the house of God. Other things are in life. But just on the random time I hit decline, I've had a long week, I'm tired, oops, I didn't know, I missed the email, I forgot, I whatever it would be, I often say if we treated anything else like we treat the house of God, we'd probably be fired, divorced. Right? If you just decided on your balls, I forgot to come today. I had a long weekend. I got drunk. And he's like, I don't care. Get up. I pay you to be here. Come with a hangover. But if you say that in church, you're rude. You don't understand me. You overwork me. I don't even get paid anyway, which is another topic entirely. How do you work with volunteers? It's easy when you're paid. You just threaten to take the money away, but nobody here with the exception of one or two are paid. Would we still come anyway? And you do. That's the beauty of it. You, so there's something in you that shows up unpaid and tired and loving snotty kids and opening doors for people you don't even know and faking a smile when you don't want to smile. So the question is, do you see yourself as a leader or are you just a follower? It's the age-old question, can you make a leader or are you born a leader? People fight that all the time and and they'll pick. Here's my belief about it. Whether you like this or not, it's just gut-level truth. Everybody in this room is a leader. And the... The baseline of leadership is can you lead yourself? And if you look down and go, God, my belly's big, I've been trying to lose weight, I can't, then you don't lead well. You're a leader, but you don't lead well because you can't lead yourself well. So whether anybody's following you, you're a leader because you, as Chris said, you lead your own expectations. Expectations. And some of us do great at it. Some of us get up the same time, go to the same gym, work the same job, run the same miles, walk the same. We do our devotions. We're good at it. But some of us are, you know, we, we give ourselves a lot of grace. Well, here I go again. It's January. I'm going to do it this year. Many of you know David Thaxton, who's kind of a son of the house here. When he was here, he was 130-plus pounds overweight, snored like a freight train. You couldn't even sleep in the room with him. Every time we would travel, I'd say, Bo, I'm buying you a different bedroom than mine because I can't sleep. And he go, Pastor, i go, no, bro, it's worth $180 for me to sleep. <laughs> I think you're dying like you literally quit breathing 50 times in a minute and I'm over there going God he's dying he's going to die on me and if he did die you're too big I couldn't move you right and we would laugh about it but yesterday I got a I got a picture and a text from David he's lost 137 pounds smaller than he was when he was in high school you didn't do it for him. You didn't call him and inspire him. boy, David. He was just up here this week, and many of you came to me and go, God, I didn't even recognize him. I'm like, yeah, he lost a whole human. Like, he's, he's a less of a human. Looks great, feels great, sleeps great, smiling all the time. But you know why? He led himself well. And it showed And maybe a reason, I'm going to give you this stat here. There's a stat that I want to give you the why. On why we're here today. Maybe because Jennifer made me come. Phil said, if I don't, I'm in trouble. It's community weekend and they make us come. Right? And all that's true. You were kind enough to get out of bed and show up. Robin walked in with a Starbucks. I'm like, honey, we have our own coffee shop. What are you doing? She's like, oh, yeah, I know Marlene's going to be mad. Marlene should be mad. You bought demon coffee. We have spirit-led coffee right across the way. She's going to kill me. She's like, I'm going to kill you when we get home. Go ahead, woman, and try it. She will. She wins every argument. (laughs) Every one she wins. I just tap out. Go ahead, honey, I'm out. But why are we here? Why does Marlene get out of bed super early to make the best coffee in the world? Why did Jennifer go spend $4,600 on donuts today? (laughs) I walked in and saw all those donuts. I thought, my God, Jennifer, who do you think we're feeding? She was so happy. I was happy for her. I'm like, she didn't. She didn't. And she even said, she goes, because they're special people and they need special donuts. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Right? <laughs> she, did, she didn't buy you cheap donuts. Now, she didn't go all out because she doesn't love you that much. She didn't go get Krispy Kreme hot ones. <laughs> it was, she said, that was too far. Right? <laughs> Why? Why are we here? I'll tell you why. You heard what Chris read out of Ezekiel. We live in a world that's falling apart. They don't think they're falling apart, but if you have any common sense, you're like, my God, we're falling apart. I don't even know what a woman is, I don't even know what a man is. The ideologies of what's going on, but let's not talk about culture. Let's talk about the prophetic word of God. God even says in the book of Timothy, then in the last days, my my translation, the world is falling apart. They love themselves. They love pleasure. They don't love God. They pretend to be religious, but they have no power. That's what God says about our generation and I love what uh, Dr. Chris gave us in his presentation that, that even when people don't listen, we still have a job to do. And that hurts sometimes to be giving your best and, and your best is coming out of your soul and you wonder, I don't know if you've ever thought that, does anybody else get it? Like you're just passionate about it, but nobody else gets it. You're all about keto and they're eating donuts. Don't you get it? No, I don't get it. Well, when it comes to church, Here's one of the things of church. 1975, 68% of the people had confidence in the church. In 2022, less than 35% believe in church anymore. Not believe in church, but have confidence. Because people have been hurt by religion, hurt by pastors. Uh, People hurt people. I don't know if you know that about people. We're gifted at hurting people. Even the best of us hurt each other. If you don't believe it, get married. You send it an altar. Till death do us part. Three weeks later, you hurt each other. I didn't know she was just like her mother. Oh my God, he, I married a baby. Right? Because we're human. And until Christ returns, and in our humanity, we forget each other. We say things that are hurtful. We get tired. We get burned out. We get disillusioned and disappointed. And my, my thing is, so what? Do you think we're Jesus Christ? We're being perfected into him. Well, those are all Christian terms. The world doesn't use them, so they're falling apart. They're looking. Here's what I do know about the world that's falling apart. They're looking for something. They're hopeless and they're looking for hope. And that hope can come in finding a new identity for their gender. That hope can come in a friendship. That hope can come in an addiction. That hope can come in religion. But I do know this about the generation I'm living in. They are some hopeless people, and they will, they will follow anything that brings them hope. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm 57. Don't, don't fight me on this. I've gone to the gym my whole life. I have a picture of me at age 11. I, was, uh, I, I literally was about 72 pounds in my dad's back room lifting, uh, trying to bench press. 100 pounds. I was so proud. I go to the gym every day since then. And at 57, I realized, my God, I go to the gym every day. I can't even tie my shoes. (laughs) Like, that's how stiff I am. It's like, oh. So what I did is on Instagram, I started following people who teach flexibility and functional mobility. And I can't do one thing they do, but they inspire me. I'm like, my Lord, one day I'm going to be able to lift my leg up and stand on one leg. They inspire me. So I follow them and I learn what they do and I see why. Because when you're hopeless and falling apart, you're looking for something. If my back's hurting, I'm trying to find somebody that can help my back quit hurting. If my marriage is broken, I'm trying to find somebody to help heal my marriage. But we don't represent marriages and functional mobility coaches. We represent the kingdom of God. So when people are falling apart, we want them to come search us out. But if our testimony is terrible, if 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 35% of them don't even believe in what we do here, then we're already kind of, it's kind of like a lawyer. Oh, they're all bad oh, I hate the dentist, right? But thank God for them. But here's where it gets interesting. They did a straw poll, so I don't know how many they factored, but in 2022, so that's last year, only 6% of American churches were growing. Give me a hundred churches." And they said out of a hundred churches and out of a hundred we're just existing rather than really making ground for our generation that's falling apart. We're just over here in the corner going, we're happy. We got our music and our people and our buildings paid for while the world is falling apart. Well, I've just been hurt by my last church so I don't go a lot anymore. I used to lead but I don't lead anymore. I got done wrong, I got burned out, I gave it my all and nobody else would help me while the world falls apart. So these are stats, these aren't preaching points, but I would say I think we have a problem. Why do people not come, it, uh, it'd be a whole other teaching. They don't believe in religion, they do believe in religion. Uh, one of the things says 45% of the people are called nons now, meaning they, don't aden- they believe in God but they don't identify with anybody, which is weird. It's like I believe in the gym, but I don't go. So what I want to do is, in the next few minutes, I want to lay out the why and the expectation of what we're doing here. Because no matter how much Robin and I love Jesus, and how much our vision is, and how much we talk about the church I see, and how hard I try to preach or teach the Bible and bring people up here to teach and minister... If you don't show up, it doesn't work. So I have to go back to, is Mark Evans a leader? I look in the mirror and go, can I lead myself well? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I get irritated and I go, why am I 57 and spirit filled and that still irritates me? Oh, I've got to get a handle on that. The barking dog makes me want to cuss and I'm not even a cusser. So I I, I consistently have to wake up and look in the mirror. But after looking in the mirror, I have to ask the second hard question. Here it is. Does anybody follow you? Is your life inspiring enough that somebody says, how did you? I want to follow you. You inspire me. How you serve God, how you live, how you act, how you talk inspires me. I mean, I'm glad if you think I preach good, thank God. I mean, who wants to follow a bad preacher? But at the end of the day, I may preach a good sermon, but if my life doesn't live it, don't you start questioning? Well, he preaches good, but he lives like a hellion. I mean, isn't that a normal question? If if I'm 400 pounds and billing myself as a health coach, don't you scratch your head and go, he's got a great program, but... (laughs) So maybe we say as Christians we have the answer, but the world goes, really? So the question, uh, and you could write this down, if you were telling someone to come to this house when only 6% go, I don't think I'm in, what would you sell them about this house? It's like Jennifer selling me the donuts. Why did you get sprinkles versus ingles? I loved her answer, she did not even hesitate one bit. She said, because these are special people and it's a special day and they need special donuts. Did any of y'all think that when you ate the donut? I don't know. But out of her heart came that special people on a special day and I'm doing special donuts. And then that inspired me because I said, thank you. Because I was going lowball. You should have just went to angels. You could have paid a quarter of the price. Michael would have been happy. She said, well, I had a budget and you blew it all on donuts. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Sorry if I came across that way. But not her. She knew her why. She knew that you were worth a good Donut. I was just hoping you showed up. I wouldn't have even had donuts. I'm more military. Get out of bed. Who needs to feed you a donut? It's the kingdom of God. Show up. Garth's like, amen, preacher. If Garth was a pastor, three people would come to his church. (laughs) But with those three people, Garth would take over the world. (laughs) I would go, Garth. May not stay long, but I would come. I'm in, Garth. Ah! I don't know why Garth never calls me. Garth never pats me on the back and tells me I'm doing a good job. (laughs) But he knows his why. What is our why? So we can pay the bills. That helps. So I can have a job. I appreciate it. But I will win her back again, Hosea 2. I'll lead her in the desert and speak tenderly. I will return to her vineyards and transform. Oh man, look at the blue, the valley of trouble. But he doesn't just identify the problem. He says, I'm going to make them a gateway of hope. In the middle of trouble, here's what I believe and Robin believes about this house. We are a gateway of hope in the middle of a hellacious generation. I don't know what you think about us, but I love us. I don't know what you think when you come in the door, but when I come in the door, I'm like, there's a bunch of broken people that have found hope and that love God. There's a new guy that's coming to church. I love what he said. He said, he he is, uh, he is black, and he said this to me. He said, I've never been to a white church where people love each other so much. I love that. I didn't take that racist. I didn't take it because I'm like, yeah, man, white people are mean. I'm so, you know, I was all in like, man, we'll shoot you. Yeah, I didn't care. I was just glad that somebody walked in the door and realized what we're doing here. And it's no matter what color we are, we love you. No matter what background we are, we love you. No matter if you're screwed up or not, we love you. And I didn't put that on a T-shirt. That was his testimony of us. You're doing it well. You showing up loving people it's making a difference. He didn't see it when he walked in the foyer. We love everybody. He simply met people who were giving the love of Christ. And now he comes to this church and loves it. He didn't even comment on my preaching. He commented on how we all love each other. So in the middle of trouble, Believer's Church can be a gateway of hope. If you just show up it's just church, it's just Sunday, and you lose sight that we're not just a church, we're a gateway where people can find hope in a broken world. And you being here with a smile on your face and a song in your heart, even when you don't want to be, can bring people hope. So here's what I want to do, and I'll do it over the next 10 minutes. This year, when Robin and I were praying about where to go and what the next 10 years looked like, this phrase popped in my heart. You heard me talk about it. I'm in a series now. We're not just calling you to love Jesus, but we're inviting you to follow Him. We're not just calling you to know His power. We're calling you to grow up now. And we're not just calling you into community. We're calling you to go win other people to Jesus. That we're not just a church that hears good preaching, but we're a church that realizes, as Chris so brilliantly put it, that God has expectations on us. The moment you said yes to Jesus... God checked your life, you're in the family, but the moment you got in the family, He checked bots, I have expectations on you now. And we know it's true, it's not a pastor thing. Jennifer has expectations for her children. Michael has expectations for Johnny Love. David has expectations for his boys. Faith has expectations for her life and her kids. Michael has expectations over his life. So why would not God expect things of us? And so on Community Sunday, what we're going to be doing on the weeks that Robin and I are sharing is downloading what we believe God is calling us to do as a group and to go there together. So I want to give them to you real quickly. The expectations of all of us in the room, I'm including myself now. So I'm going to hold myself to it as well as I hold all of us to it. But I need you to listen with mature ears. I need you to hear it from a, a lot less carnal humanity, and I need you to hear it from a mature way. Because to reach a broken world, how many of you know it's going to take maturity? Right? Because every day we're bombarded with a different kind of ideology of the way the world thinks. And the longer we're Christians holding to the Bible, I don't know if you know, but the world's going further and further and further away from the Bible. I heard a priest yesterday, I was listening to something of a priest in a church denomination, and his whole topic of his sermon was Jesus was a transgender. And he's using Scripture. And I'm just like, wow. So a broken world A broken world, and here's what the broken world is doing. The broken world is trying to minister to broken people, but never bringing broken people back to the whole. Our goal is not to just love broken people. Our goal is to bring them to the wholeness of Christ. And our goal is not just bring them to the wholeness of Christ, but to say that every one of us have to go out there and find other broken people and bring them to Christ. Here's the first expectation. It'll sting. Show up. Show up. Can you sleep in? Yes. If you do, will I love you? Of course. I got an email a few months back, and the email said, Pastor Mark, and and then gave me something they needed. And I was like, yeah, cool. Who are they? I don't even know. So so you do what every pastor who pastors does. We Facebook you. (laughs) Come on, you know you do that. You you know, don't act like you're super spiritual. You know you type in Facebook and start trying to find who they are. like Okay, oh, I think that's them. So that's what I did. Hey, Pastor Mark, I need help. I'm googling. There. okay, oh, that's who I don't even, what? I don't even know who they are." And then they politely said, I, "I used to go, but I don't anymore, but I still consider you my pastor. That's cool. I don't mind that. That's no different than me going, hey, the guy at the gym used to be my coach. I still consider him my coach, but that's why I'm 400 pounds heavy because he's really not my coach, but I just keep him there. So show up. Do you know statistically that it's 22% of people only come to church uh, every other week? So that's about 20 people out of 100 are showing up consistently. The average church attendance is once every five weeks I show up. And and that's just it. Ever since COVID, there's been a 45% decline in weekly church attendance. And statistically what's happening is people have gone from the gathering to sitting at home. This was the the stat. From sitting at home on the internet, scrolling their phones, rather than coming to the house of God. A 45% decline. So show up because you've signed up no 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 just show up listen to this verse it's hebrews chapter 10. let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we we affirm for god can be trusted to keep his promise let us here's what's weird verse 24 hebrews 10. let us think of ways to motivate each other why would you need to show up because people need motivating they've had a bad day They've had a horrible week. Their marriage is broken. But I'm going to get out of bed. Why are you going to believers? Because I'm going to show up. Why? Because when I show up, I'm going to motivate somebody. I'm going to help somebody. I'm going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to hug somebody. Why? Because a broken world needs me. They don't just need Mark or Robin or whoever preaching. They need me. So when you show up in this room and you just think, well, I'm not serving today, I'm not on a list, get out of bed anyway and show up. Why? Because you never know who it is that's gonna be motivating. Last night at our worship night, I stood up, it was rather awkward, but I don't mind throwing it because I try to hear the Lord. I said, is there somebody here, you're struggling with death. I feel like death thoughts are prevailing in your mind and you're struggling with death. I said, I want to pray for you. Nobody moved, which is good. I said, all right, let's just pray. But then after it was over, a a family walked up and they said, Pastor Mark, our kid has been asking questions about death over and over. And yet, and then they brought the kid. I mean, we prayed over the parents. Guess what, though? They could have stayed home. It's Saturday night i got to get the kids ready to go to a worship night. But they showed up to a worship night, and when they showed up to a worship night, mama has tears in her eyes because God showed up and said, somebody here is struggling with death. And mama's like, that's my boy who's struggling with death. She starts tearing up. The husband starts tearing up. Why? Because they showed up, and when they showed up, they got motivated that God is for me. And they could have known that at home. But there's something powerful. So why do you come? Come every week. My expectation is if this is your home, show up every week. Your boss expects it of you. They expect it out of your kids. If they're on a sports team, they show up to every practice. Well, if they're showing up to every practice and you're walking every day and you're eating every day, you're brushing your teeth every day, then once a week on a Sunday, show up. And when you walk in the door, I don't care if you've been fighting, crying, dust yourself off. I don't want to fake it. Yes, you do. Fake it. Because in your faking it, you might motivate somebody else to put a smile on their face. You might motivate somebody else. Well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. You're not a hypocrite. It's just called I'm motivating other people instead of being self-absorbed. So I want to motivate some people. And I, it's the same way I said this the other Wednesday night. Every single Sunday I show up. Sometimes I'm happy to be here. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Sometimes I'm like, I hope it goes well. <laughs> you know, you like your sermon, and then you get into it. And, but every single week, Carmelo, come here, my pastor. <laughs> and then he just hugs me. It's awkward, but he hugs me. I love my pastor. Uh, and I'm a, I just, I just lean in like, Oh, that feels so good to be loved. Like it, right. I mean, it's weird, but it feels good just to feel loved. And then it's other people just come pastor. We love you. Been thinking about you. We love you and Robin. And, and I'm all about, I, I love my sermon, but do you know when I leave, I leave like, they like me. I don't know if they lied or not, but they like me. They talking about God answers my prayers Right? Motivate each other. So show up. I said it a minute ago. If I didn't show up, you'd be irritated. Well, are you okay if I'm irritated if you don't show up? Well, I hadn't showed up in four weeks. Nobody called me. That's because you're not doing anything. Nobody knows you're here. We're not taking role. So the only way we know you're here is you show up and go, I'm here. How do we know? Because I'm loving 22 other people. Oh, no, that's too much preaching. And here's a, here's a continuing verse. Let us not neglect, so it obviously was possible. This is Hebrews 10. Let us not neglect our meeting together, so the assumption is you could. You could neglect getting up on Sunday. You could neglect getting dressed. The next one is this. Grow up. Grow up. It's time for old habits to die. It's time to stop. as is what my conversation has been with Phil. Uh, when we brought him on south, I said, I don't want to have the same conversations at the year 2023 that I had in 2022. I want to end conversation. I'm tired of circling mountains. Let's, let's possess the land. Amen. So to do that, you have to grow up because you know what happens? You start having hard conversations. Well, pastor, if you want to do that, this has to change. We've got to do this. This has to be this has to be addressed. This weakness, this crack, this hole, this right? Because to grow up requires something of us. Not just you, me. Me, I'm having to go, Lord, if I leave this house, I want to grow up. I, and I often joke about my pouting, but, but Lord, I don't want my pouting to stand in the way. And, I, and if I'm not careful, my pouting become just a laughing point rather than a growing point. Oh, y'all know me. I'm just a powder. Yeah, bro, but your pouting is killing people. Grow up. Well, you know me. I just kind of have a little ADHD. Just deal with it. Yeah, bro, but your ADHD is getting on people's nerves. Grow up right? So grow up. So what if you've been hurt by a church? We've all been hurt by people. So what if your last person burned you out? So what if your leader doesn't communicate well? Walk up to him. Go. I'd love to serve you, but you don't communicate well. And I'm going to call you to grow up and communicate better with me because I never know what's going on. Are you good with that? Good. I am too. Let's get busy. Amen. Grow up. Here's the scripture just so you know, I'm not making it up. Remember your leaders who taught you the word and think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example. Yes. You're an example to people. This is just me whining a minute. I'm going to give me 42 seconds to whine. I'm getting on my soapbox. <laughs> soapbox. We call ourselves spirit filled but on Sunday morning when I'm watching and the majority of people who go here go we're spirit-filled, we love worship are sitting here like this here and worship. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm okay with that. I, like I love you. But my Lord, it's the God of the universe. Right. Hey. Take your hands out. That's right. God, I just don't want to look stupid. Don't worry about it. If everybody does it, we'll all look stupid together. I praise you, Lord. And then clap your hands. And then if you don't got moves, just do this. Just, at least Michael will go, well, they're listening to me. Because there's nothing more frustrating to be singing a song and you look out and it literally just looks like you're singing the mannequins. With three people in the back over here going, yep! Now, I don't mean that rude. I love everybody. I'm glad you come. But if we're spirit-filled. I'm not asking you to fall out in the Holy Ghost and bring a shofar, but I am asking for a little movement, a little bit of clapping, a little bit of shouting, a little bit of praising God, a little bit of everybody ready to worship the Lord today. Yes, we are because we set an example. Would you not rather somebody walk through the door and think they've come to church rather than a funeral? Well, I look like somebody must have died up in here today. I don't see a casket. It's because they all act dead. Right? You're an example. So when you're standing at the door, smile big. Welcome to, you don't have to do it that way. Welcome to (laughs) Believer's Church. I mean, you don't have to be that dumb with it. But at least open it with some passion. Come right on into the house of God. God's going to do something big for you today. That's right. Amen. Amen. Be an example. Not, welcome, what's your name? Judy. What was her name? Oh God, I don't remember. <laughs> she just told you Judy. I know. She said Judy. She took two steps. I don't even remember Judy. I'll talk about that later. That's me. That's me. What's your name? Barry. Barry, it's nice to meet you. Barry leaves. Chris, go over there and find his name. (laughs) Weren't you just talking to him, Pastor? Yes, Garth. Go over there and meet that guy and find out his name. Like I just asked the guy's name. I got to set an example. So if you ever see me (laughs) walking from the foyer over here and I'm mumbling to myself, leave me alone. Because I'm trying to remember the name. Barry, his name's Barry. His name's Barry. His name's Barry. His name's Barry. If I, if I do that, just let me walk by and you just go, God help him. He forgot that guy's name. <laughs> I'm trying my best to set an example though. Well, we all got to be that way. Here's the final one. Pray up. Do you know why most people come frustrated, bitter, angry, burned out? Because they didn't come prayed up. They're arguing on the way to church. I don't even know why we're going today, because Mark said, "Show up. That's why we're going to show up. You don't even hear what he' said? Why don't show up? Well, you ought to grow up because he told you to grow up. Now put a smile. we're pulling in the parking lot, right? <laughs> well, before you kill each other, pray up. Now here's where it's going to be really tight and right. Because whether you think you're making a difference or not, when you show up and grow up and pray up, we can change the world. Watch this verse. It's incredible. I urge you, meaning it's not going to come natural. Anytime you have to urge somebody, it doesn't come out of a natural flow at first. I urge you, first of all, pray for who? Who? Everybody, mean ones, fat ones, skinny ones, happy ones, it doesn't matter. All oh, ask God to help them, intercede for them on their behalf, give thanks for them. Here's my thinking if we all next week took verse one, verse one, verse one of 1 Timothy 2, and we got in our car and we said, All right, kids. I urge you, we're going to start praying for everybody. I just want you right now, just start praying for your friends, praying for people that are going to come to church today. Pray for them. If we woke up every day before our kids went to school, come on, we're going to pray for people today. We're going to intercede for them today. Who you want to intercede for? Why? Watch what it says. You can intercede on their behalf and you can give thanks for them. What would happen on a 20 minute drive into church? You just came in the door thankful. It would blow the doors off the place. Walking in the door thankful rather than frustrated. Verse 3, this is good and it pleases God who wants everybody to be saved. You remember all those broken pieces? I can become part of helping if I just pray. You remember all the broken pieces? If I pray, I'm pleasing God. Do you remember all the broken pieces? Sometimes I have to urge myself to grow because I don't want to pray. I don't want to do this. I'm tired. But if I urge myself to grow, if I get out of bed and show up when I don't want to show up, in other words, I start motivating. I start leading myself. I start shaking myself. I start swinging for the fences. I realize that as I do this, here's where it's interesting. It's not just about me anymore. I urge you, but I want you to intercede for other people. It's that thing of realizing, as Chris said, it's bigger than just me. It's a God thing. And then I love this because right here in the pink words, everyone is supposed to be saved. That's right. That's right. Look around real quickly. I'll end here. Every chair that's empty is a possibility of a soul. Maybe saved, maybe not. Maybe broken, maybe not. Maybe whole, maybe not. Maybe burned out, maybe not. Maybe part of the 6% that don't ever want to come. Maybe part of the 45% that stay home and scroll internet. But if us start as a seed, and us begin to go, I'm showing. I'm showing up with thankfulness and I'm showing up as an intercessor and I'm showing up to encourage people and I'm showing up to change a life. And I don't care how I feel because I'm going to grow up this year and I'm going to be part of the kingdom of God. I don't care if anybody calls me, I'm going to call them. I'm going to be that. If I would just wonder, I don't know, I kind of like to test things. I wonder what would happen to this body. If we all show up, grow up, and prayed up every Sunday morning. Yep. Amen. Oh, here's what I know. We couldn't fit everybody. That's right. right now, we need you to come about every two weeks because we can't fit you. So then the question becomes, so do we just not strive for everyone? Because when we all do it, we can change things. When we all do it, we can make a difference. Amen? Here's what I want you to do, if you don't mind. That includes my teaching. I'll leave it to you there. I want to encourage you with something real quick as we go. We've got two minutes left. Then we're going to let you break and go. Grab this real quick and scan it. I know you may say, I've scanned it a thousand times. This is a thousand and one. Scan it. If you say, I don't know how to scan it, We'll help you afterwards, so just sit quietly, sit by a friend that can scan and say, I'm sorry, I'm still in 1970. <laughs> can I borrow your brilliant technology a minute? Now, for those of you that uh, wanna go, you, don't, you can't scan, your phone can't do it, that's cool. Uh, you can always go to our website, but this is very important because it's very part of what we do. This changes all the time. You'll hear Robin or whoever say, this is our QR code. But the problem with that is it goes in one ear and out the other, and you don't realize how powerful it is. It is powerful. Here's why. On the QR code, it's going to tell you about the church I see. It's a class you can go to. But here it is. It's updated all the time. This is what it looks like when you load it up. Believers Church, look how user-friendly we are. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our YouTube, and our Spotify. And it also loads up the, the most recent sermon. So you can watch the most recent sermon, which was last Wednesday. But then as you scroll down, it's ordered very neatly for you. It's now in Follow, Grow, Go. So it's all nicely ordered. You can listen to the worship. Every week we load the worship that we sang in church that Sunday. So if you're like, man, I love that song Michael sang. Click right there, that playlist will be loaded up and you can just sing along with Michael every week if you like the song, it'll be there and you can put it on your playlist. You can call us on the phone, you can leave us an email. But then all of the links begin to follow, just so you know. For those of us that say, I never know what's going on here. Right here it is. This will tell you the next thing that's coming. It's always updated and always fresh, so refresh it. And then for those that want to know about the church, the church I see. But as you scroll, our B groups, Water Baptism, you can serve on a team. There's our events. If you want to know all the events that are coming up, you click that. It'll take you to everything coming so you can always be. But I love this one at the very bottom as you scroll. It says pastoral care. It's very intentional. Not everybody in church is in a group and not everybody that goes here. Comes regularly, but you may know of somebody that's in trouble, they need help, a hospital visit, a sickness, whatever. Click that button, Pastoral Care. You can fill out the form, it's parsed out to all the people that need to get to people, so we can make sure everybody's cared for. As you scroll, it just runs through different things. Our vision, as you go through the church I see, will teach you how to load up the church app. Here's another good one. Down down here as you scroll, it says stay connected. If you're not getting our text that we send out about once a week, sometimes twice, it keeps you in the loop. Hey, we're canceling, we're starting, this is the plan. I want to encourage you, sign up, click that button. You'll get a text about two times a week from me or one of the leaders of the church that just sometimes I just send them out and say, hey, it's a way I can kind of get everybody in one time. Hey, I just want you to know I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you today, and I'll hit send. If you would like that, sign up for that. Then here's the grow part. You want to grow? This is just my opinion. I think Believers You is putting out some super good teaching. You can click on that. Learn the book of Genesis, Revelation, Holy Spirit. We're in the middle of kingdom now. And here's the beautiful thing. It's all free. Enjoy it. And uh, be blessed by it. You can also listen to uh, whoever's sermon on a podcast. If you don't like videos, you can put your earphones in and go for a run. You can listen to the teaching. All of the sermon notes. So everything taught from the pulpit will be loaded up every week. And I see some of you sometimes clicking the TV screens. You never have to do that again. You can simply click that and it will bring up everything on Sunday morning or Wednesday of my teaching or whoever's teaching. And you can follow right along. And then if you just love daily devotions, somebody in our church named Larry Unger, he puts out a daily devotion. I think he's, gosh, like 12,000 devotions in. It's, it's over 40 years worth of it. You can sign up. He'll send you a daily devotion to your email every single morning. He doesn't bother you, but you get a beautiful devotion if you like studying the Bible. And then the go. Everybody lend me your eyes. I'll end shortly right here. Right here is something brand new called a testimony button we want to know what Jesus is doing in your life. I try to hear every week and talk to people, but if God is just doing something great, man, click that button and say, let me tell you what God has done for me. Because we're gonna be celebrating people uh, later today, people that are owning their 50 feet, people that God is using. We would love to hear this. Final button that's brand spanking new. This year, we're launching out into what we call 50 feet groups. 50 feet groups is you owning your 50 feet for the kingdom of God. We're going to be celebrating one of those groups today that has started already, letting you meet them at the 1 o'clock hour when we come back in here. You're going to be blessed by them. But you can simply click that and say, count me in. I have an idea of owning my 50 feet, what I want to do at my house, what I want to do in my neighborhood, or a ministry that I'm thinking about doing myself. Click that button. We'll get back in touch with you. Well, that's my part today. Thank you again, Dr. Chris, for sharing. Thank you for coming. I hope you're blessed. I'll leave you with this: show up, grow up, and then pray up, and let's see what God does. Let me pray for.